How you keeping folks? This is episode 131 of the Speed Mentor podcast and part four of our five-parter all about the Change Venture Capital Fund. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the journey from 10 million to 10 freaking billion. From 10 million to 10 billion. That's what the change is all about. We're going to knock that out in 10 years, folks. And if you listen up, you'll hear exactly how we're going to do it in this episode episode, well, episode 131, but part four of our five-parter. Hope you enjoy. I'm a man on a mission. So this one here, we're talking all about money. I'm going to be honest, like as a Northern Irish fella, I am already cringing, okay? Mm. And you guys really, really go for the jugular here because you talk a lot about this thing called the billionaire mindset. Now, mm-hmm. for me, I cringe up at that immediately. It yeah. sounds like a multi-level marketing scheme already. So <laughs> fill me in. What do you mean by this no, billionaire mindset? I think we've touched upon it once or twice already is that um, in Northern Ireland, we're not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> we're not allowed to talk about success. We've smashed the success thing the last couple of years. And I certainly have been working really hard on that. And at the end of the day, um, money is the opportunity to um, make a massive difference to the world. Okay, um, if you can create um, huge value, huge wealth within the world, you can really do some crazy shit, right? You can really make a difference, um, and uh, uh, we are not going to shy away from talking about that. So, whilst you would have other VCs in Northern Ireland. If you go to London, totally different scenario. We go to London <laughs> on trips now. We're there regularly, and we're talking about people. And you just talk about this is what it costs to do that. That's that. And this is what we're trying to create. And this is our aspiration. We have a billion dollar this. Northern Ireland, you come back here, and it's <laughs> two hundred thousand pounds. Do, do you know what I mean? And that's not to dismiss. You know, even the, but let's let's think about it properly, right? Are we going to do this shit properly? Are we not going to do it at all, right? If we're going to do it properly, we got to talk about money, okay? We're trying to create, and I'm going to use the pound here, so I am to be consistent. I'm, I'm move, <laughs> I made the decision in the last episode. I said, actually, there's there's an inconsistency between us. Saying, well, gonna, there's also greater monetary value. You know? Yeah, at the minute. <laughs> at the minute. So I'm going to go pound, right? So if we're trying to create a billion pound worth of value in 10 companies, right, we got to talk about money, and we got to put the right amount of money in we got to talk to investors who want to invest in this sort of thing. And we've got to talk to investees who have the aspiration to get to that. Right. So what does it cost to start something that's going to become a billion dollar company off? Right. That is the question. Mm. Okay. Um, as we said earlier, in Northern Ireland, if you've got an idea or you're a founder, you'll get a couple of hundred grand ticket. That's just the way it is. That's, the, the other VCs in Northern Ireland are predominantly backed by government money. Um, so because that, that government money, to be fair, it goes in to try and solve a problem of a lack of entrepreneurial stuff going on and a lack of investment. Because the irony is, is that investment in Northern Ireland, well, the investment money from Northern Ireland, do you know where it goes? It goes to London. <laughs> yeah. So the people who have the money here who are looking to invest in stuff, it actually goes to London, right, rather than stays here. Because the smart money probably knows that's not being done right here. 
Okay, so we want to rip that all up and we want to say, you've got this great idea. How much money do we need to, to put in to support you? Not here's your ticket size of 200,000. Mm. So we are looking at companies, Andrew, that require, I know you said over a million in an earlier episode, mm-hmm. um, uh, but anything from, say, half a million probably to one and a half million. That's what we're looking to invest in people with great ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's big. It's big figures for Northern. People are thinking that's a lifetime's work sure. in Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're actually looking to invest that sort of level of money into um, early stage pre-revenue um, businesses which just have big ideas. So where are you getting your 10 million from? Your acorn, as you described it, where is that coming from? So we are, um, the part of the journey is really, uh, and this is, uh, Andrew's maybe a bit more international, I'm quite Northern Irish in a way. Um, I have this vision, uh, and I do a lot on visualisation in my own life, and I really like to see the end goal and, and then work back how, how to get there, a bit like Andrew does with his business strategy. I've been doing that in my own life for a long time and helping others do that, is that part of that journey. So there's a lot of money in property in Northern Ireland. So everybody understands it's just property. That's where money goes. If That's the safe place. Well, it wasn't so safe. <laughs> it wasn't so safe for me when I had all my properties. I got totally wiped out due to a worldwide uh, crisis in, in part. But, you know, property, right? Imagine dinner tables across Northern Ireland, people out at their friends having a dinner party on a Saturday night and instead of talking about, oh, I've got a wee bite of let at the bottom of the street. <laughs> I'm stripping it out. I'm taking the wallpaper off at the minute, you know, and I'm going to rent it out to some wee student and I'll charge them, you know, a chunk enough rent or whatever. Imagine if the conversation wasn't that. Imagine if the conversation was, do you know what? I met these two guys. They seem a bit crazy. They're to- this venture capitalist. You were talking so well there. Harlan and Wolf fell off. Harlan and Wolf fell Just taking down Harlan and fucking Wolf. Belfast was shocked at what was happening right now. There's an earthquake going on. There's an earthquake going on. And it's happening right here. Okay. So imagine they are um, saying, I'm actually been talking to these founders and they've got a great idea. And these guys called the change. They put on a quarterly meeting, meetup, whereby new founders coming with great ideas, getting great backing from that team of four, trying to actually disrupt industries and change the world. I've actually put some money in with them. You know what? Instead of doing a bite of it, and they're inviting me back every quarter to see how it goes on. Mm. And if it goes well, you know, I might do it again mm-hmm. because we're actually back in innovation. Mm-hmm. We're actually doing something a bit different. And do you know what else I found out? I found out that the greatest ever tax giveaway that nobody in the whole bloody world, nobody in Northern <laughs> Ireland knows about, SEIS and EIS investing. I found out all about that, that when I put my money in, if it's SEIS, I get 50% immediately back through my tax. And even if it fails, I get another, uh, my marginal tax rate back. And probably if I'm a higher rate taxpayer, if I put 100 grand in, it's actually my exposure is about £28,000. Wow. Right. So my risk is really reduced because there's such a desire by the government to help these um, early stage um, companies. So we're and, oh here and the best bit, hundred percent tax free on the upside. Oh wow, a hundred percent tax. There's a guy in Belfast who invested thirty thousand pounds, right, in a tech startup, 
and he walked away with seven million pounds tax free at the end of it. <laughs> okay, right. So that can happen. I'm not saying it happens every time. What I'm saying is that's the tax efficient nature mm. of investing in these types of things, and we are creating a fund so that you spread your risk across the companies so that you're not just invested in one of them, right? So Andrew will be able to tell you then about how we actually determine how much goes into each business to get them on that stage of the journey that we're looking to take them on. Yeah, I mean, just following on from what Gavin's talking about. Um, so you're a startup in UK, actually, and the, the success rate is per, I'm going to say, pound put in, Negative twelve percent. Oh no! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it's, it's not a, it's not a great picture. Now that includes all the government given, all the rest. Yeah. So it's not that it's. Uh, hopefully, we don't end up in that bracket. Mm -hmm. But uh, but the truth is, at early stage, it's, it's difficult to see what's going to work and what's not. Picking the right success stories isn't straightforward. And so, whenever we start off the journey with a founder, we're looking at giving them sort of a, a fairly small amount of money. Um, we might do what's called an ASA, which allows us to put in some money to give them a kickoff, just to check that they have the right vision, mm -hmm. they can deliver, they can do all the stuff required to become a success. They they have quality to them, as we've talked about in the previous episode. Um, and then we'll take it to the first phase investment, so our first real milestone. That, as Gavin says, sometimes will be on the lower side, but it's kind of between... 200 to I don't know say about half a million pounds in mm. that first tranche so they've worked out a milestone together with us that they're really comfortable with and we're comfortable they can achieve too so that uh, essentially when they hit that we unlock more capital now that could be a bigger amount some businesses that, that approach us are looking to acquire companies they maybe need a million pounds up front just to buy that company mm or a certain amount of cash to do that with. So we will provide different stages of investment. Again, very much tailored to the investee. But uh, normally it'll be so much to build a concept, a product, a technology organically. So we'll give them a certain amount of money and reach a milestone. Then the second milestone is a follow-on from that first. What have they done to achieve the first one? We'll determine what the second one actually is. And that last rung of capital really is to get them off our bus. <laughs> not, in a, not in a bad way, but we're, we're looking ideally to say, guys, you've done absolutely great. We've been here to help you get started up. And now you're going on to that next scale up mm. type funding. Um, there'll still likely be a few bugs and a few issues in the system. There'll be a few problems that they haven't yet navigated because they're still Horizon 1 businesses. I mean, these are really early stage companies. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we'll be prepping them. They'll be test pitching. Think of it like a sparring ring. Um, basically, we're getting in the ring with them and sort of practice boxing with them mm -hmm. around their business model, around how they pitch, around how they present, what are the key messages. And then they're ready to take on this 10 million round. Mm. So our ideal would be you have a what we call pre-money valuation mm -hmm. of 20 to 30 million pounds at the end of this journey you may have more that would be great <laughs> but um but realistically there'll be a clear plan to get to what is essentially a billion pounds company mm -hmm. 
And that sounds a lot of money, a million, million and a half to get to that level. But realistically, that's a drop in the ocean. I mean, one billion seconds is 31 and a half years. Mm. One million is only 11 days. Yeah. So, I mean, these are huge quantum differences, and we have only spent that 11 days working out something that hopefully creates the value for over 30 years. So good. <laughs> yeah. So, good. so let me ask you this, okay? So you were on a T-shirt that says Unicorn Jockey on it. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I had this weird kind of like picture in my head, okay? So, you know, uh, you talked about how you, you don't know if the early stage companies, which ones are going to do well and which ones aren't. You know, you don't know which one of those horses are going to turn into unicorns, okay? So my question is, let's say I have some money lying in the bank. I don't want to invest it in property. I want to invest it in, you know, driving the future of Northern Ireland forward. Smart money, I think, as, as mm-hmm. you called it. Yeah. Do I invest in one horse or do I invest in all of your horses, if that makes sense? So, what way does that work as a fund? Yeah. So so we we are we call ourselves a fund. Okay. Officially we're not a fund. Yeah. Um so we've gone through the FCA registration process and that's been a really interesting eye opening journey. <laughs> <laughs> so so really we we can take your money if you are a sophisticated investor. So essentially someone who has that money to lose, so this isn't your last pennies you're mm-hmm. scraping together and if you don't get them back, your life's over, mm-hmm. ideally, because we well, can imagine where that could leave you if this doesn't work out. Sure. But if you can adequately put in £10,000 and it's not going to ruin your life if it doesn't work out, you're the right person for us on mm-hmm. invest, the invest or side. Um, so your money is spread across 10 companies okay. up to 10 companies who you will meet who you will see on a relatively regular basis provided you, you come to our agent to change evenings and uh, you'll be I'm going to say part of their journey now we undoubtedly will have of 8 to 10 companies some failures mm-hmm. and as Gavin mentioned now this benefit of this structure we have is that in the ones that fail you get your tax relief yep. to its fullest um, on the other hand, if this works, you get the tax-free upside mm. of every single company that works. So you'll have a share in um, some of our first investees. Um, we're looking at a genetics business, um, a trust tech business, so trying to make um, an area of charitable donations transparent. And uh, you're also going to have um, a share, most likely, in a... Um, a wound tech business. I mean, I'm not going into all the details of it, mm-hmm. but essentially there's an awful lot of opportunity out there and we think some of these are some of those real world changers. Yeah, well, these sound like massive ideas. It's not just, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to invest in my corner shop. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, so huge ideas. Uh, and basically we are um, gathering a, a 10 million pound fund from sophisticated investors, stroke high net worths um, across Northern Ireland. Now, the fund, I know I talk about Northern Ireland a lot. We're UK-wide, um, uh, and some of the, one of the companies there is uh, based in London. Mm. Um, but what we want to do either way is to show that actually Northern Ireland can bring the investment to good quality companies and support them through their mentorship and business strategy from here in Northern Ireland, and we can support the best quality um, founders um, in in Northern Ireland that there are as well mm-hmm. um, and for anybody who's out there who is thinking oh this has piqued my, my interest De- definitely we want to hear from people like that we'll be doing a launch event 
actually in February. So I'm just uh, working on the launch event at the minute, and it's really when you t- when you say let's talk about money. Yeah, it's I'm tr- I'm in my head. I'm trying to work out how I do this, um, and I'm thinking about that Northern Irish audience, and it's, you know, in my head, it's uh, the journey. You know, the journey from ten million to ten billion. Mm. This is our start of the journey from 10 million to 10 billion. And whether you can say that in Northern Ireland or how you, <laughs> how you say it in Northern Ireland. So to prove the intent when we're talking about money here, I'm actually going to be upfront about this. This, is, this will sound crazy. In the launch event, I've actually said to myself, rather than just having a launch event, um, the intent is to raise a million pounds. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? Okay. So there, that, that's ballsy. That's talking about money and being up front. I'm on camera here. Didn't tell Andrew I was going to say that. <laughs> Just in case he, no. he said to me, oh, God, he can't say that. But look, that's what, that's the, the type of dynamic change we want to create in Northern Ireland. That I can say we're going to try and raise a million pounds. Now, it won't be on, on the night as such, but out of that event, basically generate enough interest that there'll be a million pounds will come in to the 10 million that we're looking to, uh, the, our original acorn to create the 10 billion of value. Mm-hmm. So that's the intent of the launch event, which will be in February. Cool. Okay, so you've got the money, you've got your 10 million, you've got your 10 companies. This term smart money has been used quite a lot. What, the, like the question that's in the back of my head is, how are you going to use this money in such a way mm-hmm. that other VCs don't? How are you going to leverage? Because if you're trying to, create yeah. you know, turn smartness. 10 million into 10 billion <laughs> yeah that's a massive lever that you're yeah. cranking so how are you going to spend that money maybe differently so, so core to that is we term transformation so we're not well so i'll say what we are and what we are not <laughs> so a lot of vcs are looking to find the really good opportunities mm-hmm. okay and if they find them they take those forward and that's the process Others are really good at selling opportunities. So they might get just okay type businesses, but they're just great at selling them and they sell them for oodles and oodles. Where we're at is that we see ourselves at core a value add venture capital firms. We're going to help you transform your business. What that means is that we apply this big term we've been talking about for a long time, an agent of change. Mm. So... That agent of change is an individual who comes from your sector, who understands your business, but also who can answer and work with ourselves as investors to take you forward. So where the average venture capital firm goes, here is, just making this up, 500,000 pounds. And you know what? You'll need so many days and you'll need this and you'll need the other thing after you've written your business plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that ends up costing you at least a hundred of your five hundred thousand. So now you've got four hundred thousand. Um, we instead give you the five hundred thousand uh-huh. and give an agent of change additional capital that then they manage with us to add value to your business. So you pay someone to put the sweat equity in. Yeah. Okay. Right, so we're so rather than just it being the money and taking some of your money out, we're we're actually looking to add additional value over and above the money that you require to get your. Um, idea to the, the next stage so, so the, the breakdown of that money that could be anything from 
let's say you had a business plan that didn't involve you writing a patent. That might be you getting a patent. Mm-hmm. That might be uh, your business plan has sucked up every piece, every penny you had, <laughs> as, it, as it undoubtedly will. And at the other end of that, when you're trying to raise this 10 million pounds, you um, essentially don't have the money to fly to San Francisco. Mm. But that's where your investor is. So obviously you do need that capital again that's managed by the agent of change. Um, that is also things like bringing an expert in your finance, bringing an expert in on um, strategy, um, doing that frequently in order to, again, add va- real value to your company. Um, that money may be the wee bit at the very end that you just need those few extra months. Mm-hmm. So it just... Uh, Horses for courses, it will very much depend upon the investee, but it's what money. What does that mean? I've heard that my whole life, okay. but I've never actually understood what it means. Um, well, I suppose what it means to me it is just that, um, yeah, it'll depend upon the individual journey okay. of each person. It's uh, it's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting one in every single case. And of the 10 companies, they're so diverse. I mean, they uh, the ones we've been talking to have probably seen for 40 pitches now, Gavin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, less than one in four, pa- or sorry, one in ten pass rate. Mm. Um, so far, to us, even having a serious interest in investment, and those are kind of that are getting through, um, are anything from a trading business that is good market access to really deep tech that um, nowhere near market ready, but if it works, it's going to change the world from yeah. a technical point of view. So um, definitely sort of opportunities in both extremes and so you mentioned a figure earlier on i can't remember exactly mm-hmm. in a previous episode i'm gonna butcher it but it was something like you know out of 119 mm-hmm. startups yeah we've only had two successful mm-hmm. exits yeah so why do you think that is the case so there's a couple of very good reasons right is number one nobody is focusing on the thing that we will be specifically focusing on which is okay that journey okay Okay, that eighteen month to three year journey. We like we are really specific about it. We're not. We're never coming in to try and create a trading business to hold your hand for ten years. Mm-hmm. We're not interested in that. That is predominantly, largely the thought that happens in Northern Ireland and uh, within the VC yeah. space. And uh, look, who says there? I'm not saying that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. That's not what our particular journey is is for. Um, and there, but there are reasons why they do that they create jobs in Northern Ireland different things like that are seen as a value add and mm. that means that the government money is well spent look we've created six jobs mm-hmm. okay ours is that's what we're doing we're taking you from there in 18 months to 36 months we take you to London and we drop you off at 10 plus million mm-hmm. valuation at that stage so what is your success metric if so you know, if that, other it. people let's say are jobs, what's yours? That, that that's it. That's what our journey is. Our success will be if we deliver you in eighteen months to thirty six months to ten million plus. I said earlier on five million, we would be disappointed with, but we, you know, sometimes that's what it'll be. Uh, and then we're depositing you with relationships with um, VCs, and we do quite a bit of innovation stuff. So we have warm relationships that we're creating through innovation services that we provide to other VCs in London, bigger players with deeper pockets, with more experience. And our success is delivering you successfully on that journey. 
Mm. Okay, so it's really easy to tell whether we're having success or not. We're telling you right now <laughs> in advance. It's not that we're going to give you money and see what happens. That's how we determine whether we are successful or not. Mm-hmm. Now, we hope that through the transformational piece that we've done on your mindset, on your business strategy during that 18 months to 36 months, we hope that that is enough ally to the, the great VCs that we will be introducing you to that will back you to get you on the rest of the journey. Mm. And we will follow on if the conditions are right, etc. On, on our own money. But it's still the journey. That's essentially our main direct bit. Mm-hmm. Finishes there. We'll always be there to mentor and phone call and blah, blah, blah. All of that sort of good stuff. After that, because we, we love to keep in touch. <laughs> but that's, that's how we judge success. Wow. So it's... <laughs> There it is. I've said it. There's no getting away from it. If we don't deliver that, we're not successful. Mm. Simple as that. I mean, this model, I mean... Conveyor belt? You like to call yeah, it Yeah, yeah, I do. You see the conveyor belt? I mean, it, it's, um, it has lots of elements of change involved, hence the change. <laughs> um, we re-explored a lot of stuff, but we're not going to, I'm going to say, um, break something... That that's already fixed. If you mean we we don't we don't want to break um, uh, situations within things like from term sheets to other things that maybe work as intended. What we're looking to do is really transform that tightness. I'm going to say in a more systematic way between founder, um, us ourselves, mm-hmm. investors, and also then that future team that you as a founder are going to need to create. Mm. Um, that transition from you being a sole founder potentially, and that that does happen in this these sorts of spaces where even there are two people, there's one that and that's the founder, and um, in those situations they need to build real teams around them, people they can trust, the way we tr- trust each other and the way we trust our team. They need that same um, impetus in their own business and in their own cultures, and they need to take their business forward in a way that. Um, essentially marries um, a successful journey mm-hmm. and venture. You look at the Mark Zuckerbergs, you look at the Elon Musks, you look at the Larry Page and Sergey Brin, um, and you, you really start to understand how they lifted their heads from day one. Mm-hmm. They didn't just end up Google. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Google started Backrub was its first name. <laughs> it's a bit of a crazy one. <laughs> um, and, and you look and you say, these were two pretty techy geeks, really, yeah. who had developed um, new types of server technology for indexing. Yeah. And it becomes Google. Sure. Do you mean, I, I mean, they got $100,000 as their first piece of funding. Mm. And again, you give someone some money, they spend it, they learn, they grow. And that's what we expect to happen with our yeah. founders as well. So, I mean, you know me by now, like I'm always interested in the personal and how this relates kind of to the individual and, and your own kind of lives. And to kind of close this one off, I suppose, I have some form of a question that's trying to come out and it's along the lines of what was maybe the biggest personal block in your own mindset towards money or what has been the biggest shift in your own perspective towards money 
because I speak from someone who's yeah. I'm very conservative and very risk yeah. averse. And yep. I think a lot of Northern Irish people are, you know, well, I have, you know, I've got 50K in the bank. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep it there. Like, I don't yeah. even want to, I don't even want to risk risking yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, it's fun. there's one thing. I haven't been like, I have never been like that traditional yeah. Northern Irish in my 20s. who was buying and selling properties and doing them up and wheeling and dealing. My mum and dad were absolutely freaked out of their minds. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're meant to be a lawyer and all. And I was doing all these properties on the side and I built that up to 50 properties and stuff. But so my, the thing that I had to learn, actually, this is a wee bit, is the reverse. Mm. So um, after losing everything, I had to learn about protecting the downside. That's mm. my biggest thing that I have learned because I was actually quite... Um, uh, I'm not aggressively risky in things, but I just didn't protect the downside enough. And that's the thing. Uh, it was actually a quote from Richard Branson. He said, always protect the downside. And how have you done that? So I know f- in this process, um, uh, in relation to the investor, so there's one thing, investing my own money, right? And doing stuff in my own money. So I did a couple of um, startups, as we heard about, that, that Andrew was sort of mentoring and invested quite a bit of money, six-figure sum in, in them. And um, that was fine. It was my own money. I knew the risks involved, etc. But the thing is, in that space, the downside is protected because of the SEIS and the EIS government-backed schemes. Mm. Okay. So, and you can only lose worse property. For instance, the things that we thought were, were stable yeah. <laughs> in property, yeah. So in property, I went from multimillionaire to silch um, because it was leveraged money. Mm. Right, so in this, it's not leveraged money, uh, and in fact, the money that you put in actually has a massive tax advantage to you that it comes back. So for me, uh, from a higher rate taxpayer, for instance, um, you're about twenty-seven or twenty-eight percent of your money is at risk, right? And that's a great thing um, to be able to try and make a difference to the perception on, you know, I've got that wee nest egg and mm. I'm never doing anything with it and I'm going to let it sit there for 40 years. I think actually there's there's stuff that you can do that's reasonably well protected yeah. that has good tax-free upside. Cool. How about yourself? Yeah, I think for me, um, the thing we dwelled most on over this journey at the very start was, was the values that we were looking for. And I'm very aware, I'm asking someone, I'm asking a group of people, to give up to 10 years of their lives. It's going to be the hardest 10 years they have ever had, their whole existence so far, but it's going to change their future forever. It's going to change the future of the industry they work in. So that's what I'm asking for as a commitment from people. And I know in return for that, someone, when they put in money, as Gavin's expressed, just the the tax advantages that are available in all sorts, um, really provided that person stays on that journey and they're serious about it and they don't um they have to well they have to value um, investors money the way we do but if they do and if they're prepared to work hard and and live those values i think our checklist really which took a long time to come together we're talking I think two or three pages of tick boxes, essentially. Not that they have to fill in. This isn't them filling in a tick sheet. It's do they look like they meet our core values? Do they have the right for founding team? Or do they know the gaps in their team? Um, and more. And all four of us, unanimously, mm-hmm. Gavin, myself, Laura, Colin, 
have to make a decision as a yes. Mm. So if they still haven't worked out their financial side, they're not getting any money. <laughs> if they still haven't worked out their vision, they're not going to get my money as such. Mm-hmm. If they haven't worked out how to manage people and lead people, they're not going to get Gavin's vote. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they haven't then reacted to the points Laura may have brought out, brought out whenever she's trying to say who's going to buy this company next or who's going to invest in this company next, they're not going to get Laura's money. And all four of us have to come together to kind of make that decision. Mm-hmm. So with our team, plus an industry expert, we think it will take, um, I'm going to say, a, a very shrewd founder to get past that now. And that's come from Gavin investing in those two startups. Mm-hmm. Have we not had those bad experiences uh, or one uh, bad experience? Um, then we wouldn't have learned. So that's already happened because of us growing and learning together. Awesome. Well, we are coming back for our final episode in this series anyway. Uh, next time we're we'll talking all about the investee and who they are who you're looking for who are these incredible shrewd people that are are going to make it through this <laughs> deadly process <laughs> by the sides of it and who are going to turn a company into you know having a, a billion pounds worth of value so looking forward to hearing about that thanks bring it on thanks Matthew